Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Whoa, whoa. Hey, uh, Noah, what's going on, man? You uh, haven't said much over there for a little while. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. I've kind of been zoning out for the past, like, three hours listening to this podcast. Uh, you said three hours, you know, for, for a podcast? Oh, yeah. Um, It's these guys, fins up, fans down. They basically go back each week and, like, recap last week's game while they watch it. Whole lot of fun. Yeah, but you said three hours. I mean, what do they even talk about in that time? Um, You know, like, they give you news from the week. They recap the game, give their opinions, give their thoughts. They uh, do predictions for next week's game. Yeah, but... You know, they're, they're not too knowledgeable, but they're big fans. But I could just listen to Locked On and get all of that for, like, 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah, you could. Or you could go to Twitter slash Finns fans pod and follow the podcast or go to dolphinstalk.com or iTunes and listen. Is that Finns fans pod with a PHPH? I it just so happens to be. Wow, that's really crazy. All right, guys, listen, check out Fins Up, Fans Down. It's a podcast Noah and I do every week. Uh, admittedly, we go pretty long on the podcast, but uh, we have a hell of a good time doing it. And, uh, you know, follow us at Fins Fans Pod on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy the show. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect, Bill. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your second place, Miami Dolphins, now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is, as always, the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Mr. Christopher Colon. Chris, how the hell are you? Um, I'm okay, Dolphins speaking. I'm, I'm all right, I guess. All things considered, I mean, the team is in second place. They are in the thick of the playoff race. They are 4-3. and three. They still have a winning record. However, uh, they're coming off of what I would consider probably – a convincing loss to the Detroit Lions, and uh, I think is is probably the best way to put it. I mean, they've had three losses. Two of them, I think, were uh, beatdowns. One by the Patriots and one by the Lions. One was basically them losing the game more than the Bengals winning it. Uh, but it was a convincing loss to the uh, Detroit Lions. I believe it. What was the final score, Chris? I can't 32 remember. Thirty-two twenty-one. Yeah, thirty-two twenty-one. Eleven points. They lost the first half by ten. They lost the second half by one. Um, Brock Osweiler did not look terrible, but he didn't look great. Uh, the defense looked miserable, and um, probably more than anything, if we're bearing the lead here, Chris, the uh, the most costly thing about this game was uh, the decimation to our wide receiving core. Oh, yeah, the injuries are just piling up at this point. Stills gets hurt uh, by running into a fucking security guard and just trucking the life out of her. Um, and then Albert Wilson trying to make a play gets tackled from behind and he, uh, he is injured as well. And now all of a sudden we're running with like rookie tight ends and Jakeem Grant. Well, and the thing was, too, I mean, Devontae Parker was a healthy scratch for that game. So we came into that game uh, with only four wide receivers and left that game with two wide receivers and a running back that, in Kenyon Drake that was playing basically the slot the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> Albert Wilson, come to find out, got a hip issue. Doesn't require surgery, but is going to be placed on IR. His season is most likely done for uh, mm. 2018, which is tough. It's a tough pill to swallow because he was a guy that, uh, quite frankly, when you look at this offense, and I'm going to get into the numbers here when we get to the actual 
actual coin toss, um, is is a main reason, is one of the main reasons why the Miami Dolphins are 4-3. and three. Um, uh, There's no denying that his playmaking ability has kept this team solvent here through the first seven weeks of the season. Um, he's gone now. Kenny Stills is out for the Thursday game against the Houston Texans. Uh, all of a sudden, Devontae Parker, this time last week, was looked at as somebody is probably going to be traded for a low draft pick, as now thrust into the limelight. Uh, Leonte Carew has gotten the call up as well. So you talk about two wide receivers from a draft class that have been nothing but disappointing uh, are now thrust into a main piece for this team going forward. Uh, what do you think of uh, Devontae Parker and Leonte Carew getting a second slash third chance here with the Miami Dolphins? I'm not counting on anything. Um, I'm done predicting that this is going to be the time that they step up and shine. I always get let down when they do that. Uh, so to steal from Dodgeball and Vince Vaughn, I, I like to have no goals. That way, when I don't reach any, I'm not disappointed. So yeah. that's all I'm going to think about with these receivers. Well, isn't that, isn't that a sad state of affairs for a team that's four and three? I'm, I'm actually it's, <laughs> it's part of what I want to talk about when we get to uh, my topic. And uh, I know you have a topic. So before we get to the coin toss and into the actual show, I'm a little bit rusty here. But uh, one of the things that I have not done here for the last couple of weeks is actually read some of the customer reviews on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. And as always, the citizens of Perfect Bill come through. Stopped getting them. No, we uh, we've continued to get them. I uh, I've just been kind of <laughs> derelict in my duties over here and giving those shout outs here. So we actually have three ones that I want to get to here from late September and early October. As always, if you guys give us a five star rating and a review on Apple iTunes, otherwise known as Apple Podcasts, you qualify for a sip sack. Kuzi, Perfectville, Aronde Baxton, whatever you want to call them. We have about 7 million names for our merch. Uh, but there's, the first one comes from iDoggy, Chris, and he says, this is the best Dolphins podcast. I have listened to my fair share of Dolphins podcasts, and I can say by far, this is the most entertaining of them all. Hosts have great chemistry, and their dark humor is actually really funny. This podcast <laughs> is great as it is genuine and has a great flow. Just the right balance of being positive fans while still cognizant of how shaky the last few years have been while not being total urinators. I highly recommend <laughs> Go Dolphins. Uh, that is the first time I think we've ever been called or not being total urinators here, but uh, hmm. big words from iDog. We had cognizant. We had urinators. We had uh, a couple of other, you know, three-syllable words in there, so very educated. Is he a robot? I don't I-dog? know. I think I- he might be a robot dog. Yeah, iDoggy. Yeah, like one of those things you get uh, on Black Friday after Thanksgiving, right, that does the flip <laughs> and walks around. It's now doing reviews. The robots are here, sir. <laughs> Skynet was right. Yeah. I, I'm and did you go say with... derelict earlier? I said derelict, yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, not like Daryl. Daryl lick my balls. Yeah, Daryl licked something, but I wasn't uh, quite sure what. But anyway, <laughs> let's get on to uh, the next one. Probably not as educated, but this comes from LX Narrator XL. Favorite Dolphins podcast, five stars. Big Finns fan, and sometimes they are the biggest Finns critics as well. Look forward to new episodes whenever they come out, which seems to be whenever they feel like. So that's a downside. <laughs> Finns You've noticed. <laughs> uh, this is a, a true citizen of Perfect Bill. This is a this is probably a voting citizen of Perfect Bill. He knows our schedule which is uh, whenever you and I have about 30 to 60 minutes to uh, get away from everything and actually hit record. So uh, we're here now. We're reading your your thing now, LX Narrator XL. So Well, and my thing is, too, um, just feel good about it, I guess. Uh, the, the, it's still, I feel like it's young in the Dolphins season, and I've got one game left for Zachary's uh, game. Uh, if I can, just brag on his team and the team I coach. We won our playoff game Saturday, 36-7, to and we are going on to the championship game a week from Saturday, November 3rd, and that is the last game of the season. Hopefully we are... Uh, we are champions. And then from there, no more three days of practice every week, and my schedule is a little bit more flexible. 
terrible. Yeah, but by then we'll be uh, losing record Miami Dolphins. We won't want to do the <laughs> podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. You want to do a show now? Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Whatever. Uh, let's do it on the Miami Heat instead. But uh, all right. The last one I'm going to do here is hashtag fins into house. And they say friggin geniuses. Five stars. Love the show. I used to watch Dolphins interviews and be like, man, I wish I could get those team exclusive shirts. But after hearing the weekly apparel ideas you fellas come up with, I see y'all are the true fan apparel geniuses. I need a Kool-Aid Dan shirt to store right away in the event this team finally arrives one year and bring back some hardware to Perfectville. Fins into house. Hashtag. Uh, yeah, there is uh, now a clamoring for a Kool-Aid Dan shirt as well as uh, a few others. And as well, always, butt motherfucking fumble, right? Or butt... <clears throat> But motherfucking yeah. Bob, but motherfucking humble yeah. Bob, or but fucking fumble Bob, or whatever it was you there said. It is. Yeah, yeah. but fucking fumble Bob, BFFB. That somebody photoshopped that. I was kindly enough to photoshop that on on Twitter, and that that could be a t shirt idea as well. Soon enough, we're not even gonna have a show anymore. We'll just uh, crank out ridiculous ideas while wasted, and 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 print t shirts. We'll just do t shirts. So you'll go to Welcome to Perfectville. It's gonna be nothing but a store. And like, oh, by the way, there is a podcast somewhere buried on this. But uh, yeah, I almost want to hashtag BFFB. Like, you know what I mean? And people are like, what is that? Like, but fucking fumble. Bob and be like, what is that? Like, I don't know. Listen to the show. Because um, yeah, you have to listen and then subscribe and give a five star rating to find there out. You, there you go. Listen to it. You can find the entire archives of all of our stupid t shirt ideas on welcome to perfectville.com. Chris, are you ready for the coin toss? Yes, sir. I'm always ready. All right. So this is from 2007. Uh, the coin is from 2007. 2007, of course, was uh, one of the worst seasons in Miami Dolphins history. Cam Cameron was your head coach. The record was 1 in 15. Uh, Cleo Lemon to Greg Camarillo was the uh, highlight of the season. Uh, we also did have a, believe it or not, a pro bowler that year. Do you know who the pro bowler was in uh, 2007, 1 in 15 season? Oh, God, it's either Jeremiah Bell or Ronnie Brown. It was actually Jason Taylor. Uh, it was, oh, I think shit, his, he was on that 1-15 team? He, he was. I think he left. Uh, he, that was the year bastard. he came back, if I'm not mistaken. I know the year before he left. That's what it was. Uh, but, yeah, he was uh, He was there. I think it was his sixth appearance in the Pro Bowl, and he was the lone representative and probably about the lone highlight in terms of a season-long player. I think he had 11 sacks that year, uh, but it didn't really do anybody any good uh, because the Dolphins went 1-15, and and that is all I'm going to say about that. As well, always, and you and I saw the game live together that year, too. We did. We actually was week three against the Jets in New Jersey, and uh, that was about 175 degrees sitting up in the third row or third bo- third bowl, I should say. Uh, we've talked about it briefly in the past, but uh, we had people throwing beer on other people. We had a girl flashing her Dolphins panties at everyone, and uh, we had Chad Pennington uh, doing his taxes, watching a movie, and still having <laughs> enough time to saunter into the end zone for the game-winning uh, goal, goal uh, touchdown. And we also saw Wayne Corbett. I remember Wayne Corbett at halftime. The only person who doesn't remember Wayne Corbett at halftime is actually Wayne Corbett, believe it or not. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but that was uh, that was the Wayne Corbett tribute game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and uh, like you said, I, I remember being absolutely shit-faced wasted um, with a broken ankle, basically, because we had tried to play that game against Jet fans, and they like they bailed out, and we just played each other instead. Oh, that's and, right. And uh, Jordan jumped on my back, and I sprained, rolled my ankle, and was completely just swollen like crazy, so I'm limping around. And at the end of the game, we're drunk after the tailgate and during the game, and uh, this old man with his like granddaughter walked up and was like, Joe Namath's a better quarterback than Dan Marino, and, and he like pointing in my face and i was like what the fuck did you just say and like his his like granddaughter and her boyfriend had to push me away from him like i was triggered sam that was i, 
I'll never go to the dumpster city of New Jersey ever again. If you're a Dolphin from that horrendous state, uh, fuck you. Um, just, but we love you if, if you're a Dolphins fan. Um, but move because yeah. New Jersey is, oh my God. Dude, those people in that tailgate, I know it's a Dolphins Jets game, but that was the worst experience I've ever had in my life. That was like kind of a brutal tailgate and it was a bad walk because you have to walk about a mile to the stadium from where we mm. parked and you're walking through this tunnel and you have about 10,000 Jet fans doing that ridiculous chant, point, you know, poking you in the face, as you mentioned. And all you can really do is just take it. There's nothing you can really do as a Dolphin because if you try to do anything back, if you try to stand up for yourself, you're just going to get, you know, pounced on. So uh, I agree with you. It wasn't a great tailgate. It wasn't a great experience as a, as a visiting fan to the Jets, uh, especially considering the Jets won. But uh, the Ugh. Dolphins went 1-15 that year, and the Jets won by three points. So that's how bad the Jets were that year, too. So congratulations. You were three points better than a 1-15 team that day. Um, okay, that one said, we have the coin. It's 2007. Uh, Chris, you have your topic for the for the coin toss? Well, uh, yes. All right, I do, too. So as always, go ahead and call it in the air. I am flipping now. Tails. It's actually heads. Holy Whoa. shit. It's actually heads. This is uh, things are looking up, man. Everything's coming up. Millhouse right now. Sam Marcoux <laughs> has finally won. I believe this breaks a record of about uh, 10 years of, of you winning in a row. Uh, wow. I'm excited. I should, we should just end the podcast right now. I don't I don't even know what to do with myself. I want to want a coin toss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to go with my topic first uh, because I think uh, because I want to because I have that control. Damn it. And I want to talk a little bit about the Miami Dolphins and the lack of of discipline this team has shown mm-hmm. not only this season but under Adam Gase in general and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie a lot of things into this here Chris but uh, some of the things you know some of the things that I, I just kind of looked up here um, uh, for shits and giggles so uh, the Dolphins are four and three uh, they technically have a winning record under Adam Gase by one game uh, but they've lost three of their last four and under Adam Gase, this team has been notoriously bad about penalties. Uh, they rank near the last, if not our last, in the league for penalties um, over the last three years. Under Adam Gase, it never seems to be a point of emphasis for him. It seems like something he's willing to accept as long as the team goes out and executes the game plan that they need to execute. Uh, the problem is this Miami Dolphins team might be the worst 4-3 and three Miami Dolphins team in the league. And the reason I say that is, again, it goes back to the discipline thing, but <clears throat> if you look at their total defense in terms of yards per game, uh, do you know where the Dolphins are this year right now, Chris? Ooh, uh, I, I couldn't tell you. They are Mid, 20, mid-level average. They are 27th. 27th in the league in total defense when it comes to yards per game. On offense, any idea where the, where they are offensively? Um, I'm sensing a trend here. I'm going to go with 26th. 27. So they are mm-hmm. at least, if nothing else, consistent in terms of being bad. But what that means is that they really can't stop anybody consistently, and they can't move the ball consistently. Uh, so in other words, they're kind of a bad football team. That's 4-3. and three. Now part of that, a lot of that, has to do with the injuries that they've had, right? I mean, you, you lost your starting quarterback for a number of, of games. You've lost your starting wide receivers. You've lost your starting offensive linemen. You've lost defensive linemen. You've lost linebackers. You've lost a lot of games from key playmakers on this team so that talent starts to go away it starts to thin out I get that I understand that however there are some discipline things here that have gone on with the Miami Dolphins over the last three years that when I take a look back I just look at this and go is Adam Gase this hard ass that we are giving him credit for or is he kind of like a telephone tough guy and what I mean by that is at some point the players you, you can't you can't 
punish all of the players all of the time. At some point, it has to come from the leadership trickling down. And I'm going to give you an example of this. I did not get clearance from the Miami Dolphins to talk about this. I teased this a couple of weeks ago. I think Chris knows exactly what I'm talking about because I I sent him a picture of this. I am not going to name the player. I will not name um, what what this player did necessarily. However, Chris knows exactly what I'm talking about. And in my opinion, it is something that is extremely sloppy and it kind of encompasses a team that lacks discipline, that lacks attention to detail. Am I, am I wrong in, in thinking that, Chris? No, and if I, let me just confirm, just to give any uh, credence to what you're talking about. You're about to mention something about a playbook. Is that right? Well, <clears throat> um yeah, uh, so I, I'm I'm not going to name the player, and I'm not going right, to name right. exactly what what this playbook, what I mean, or or what this play, how this playbook plays into it, so to speak. But all I will say is that, um, the only people that should know or see the playbook for the Miami Dolphins offense are people involved with the Miami Dolphins on the offensive side of the ball, and I'm going to leave it at that. But you guys can draw your own conclusions. I'm sure people will. I know there's people that are listening to this that saw the same thing that I saw uh, and experienced the same thing that I experienced. But it's, it's, it's to me, just another piece of evidence that I don't know that Adam Gase and his staff, maybe it's an experience thing, but we're, I'm seeing these little chinks in the armor, these cracks in our foundation here that you know, individually, not a big deal, but collectively start to paint a picture here. If you take a step back and go, okay, they're undisciplined on both sides of the ball when it comes to penalties. Um, They're having issues off the field in their facility. Um, You're seeing a lot of players rise up or speak out against Adam Gase and his staff. And you're starting to see this team unravel in big time situations where they're all of a sudden missing tackles. They can't get a stop when they need to get a stop so on and so forth. And I start to look at this team and I go, man, they're 27th in offense. They're 27th in defense. They're four and three. But the reason they're four and three is because of players like Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, who are able to take a kick return or a punt return to the house or take, you know, a a little shovel pass or a little five to 10 yard pass play, make everyone miss and take it to the house. If we don't have these big plays on offense, and quite frankly, big plays on defense in terms of turnovers in a timely manner, this team can't play. They just can't play the game. And it plays that, and it looks that way against Detroit, and it looks that way against New England. Um, yeah, we had some turnovers against New England, but they were kind of late and really didn't matter. Uh, and we couldn't get the ball turned over against Detroit. You know, it's it's not a team that has consistent success. It's not a team that has sustained success on both sides of the ball. And uh, long term, that's very concerning because I think if if you take away some of those big plays, which you could say that about anybody, but if you take away the big plays, there's not a lot of drives this year where the Miami Dolphins went goal to goal, as the song would say. Um, There's a lot of plays where they went 75 yards on three on three plays or they want you know a kickoff mm-hmm. return or they had a fumble happen on defense where they recovered the ball or they picked off a play in the end zone you know stuff like that which is very timely big play uh capability but without that they just can't go march up and down the field and and take it from the 25 down to inside the red zone and then punch it in on you know second and goal from the eight yard line they just can't do that 
And if you can't do that, you're not going to have success in this league on any sort of level, in my opinion. And that's the concerning thing about me, even though this team is four and three. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Chris? I'm, I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but uh, I, I'm starting to see these things. I've experienced some of these things while I was there. Um, Am I off base or am I am I kind no. of where I need to be? No, you're right where you need to be. This team um, is the type of team that wins games if everything falls their way. Um, and if it doesn't happen, like in the Lions game, for example, when you can't get a turnover, you can't get a sack, you can't get a stop, um, we get the teeth knocked out of us. Like that's it. Um, a lot of the games this year has been that we've won have been um, a lot of lucky, like you said, drops or tips or things that fell our way. Even in the Bears game there, Brock, we talked about it last episode, Brock threw a pass on third down where the defender perfectly played it, put his hand down and in between the hands of Kenny Stills. And um, I'm sorry, to Amendola, and I got tipped right to Kenny Stills for a first down. Like yeah. Little things like that, that might have actually won us the game. It was so close um, in an overtime game. We, we needed a missed kick from Cody Parker, which he does doesn't do and didn't do for us last year uh, to uh, save that game. Kenyon Drake fumbles on the you know inch yard line. Um, we forced a fumble on them on the one yard line as well. So like little like you said, a lot of timely big lucky things, a lot of things falling our way in those poor victories that make it seem like we be- we're better than we are. Um, if you look at the numbers like uh, big plays, uh, like seventy five yard plays, like you said, big chunk plays, pocket plays. Um, where it's happening, we're just not a consistently good team. And when those things don't fall our way, it, it's all she wrote. Like the penalties will catch up with, or catching up with us and taking away first downs. Um, Adam Gase has not been really play calling uh, the way he should be as in the beginning of the game. Somebody named a stat. I think we have zero points in the first quarter all year. Um, and the Chiefs had 40, 41 in the first quarter uh, this year, uh, all their games. So we are a very slow starting team. Um, The one thing Gase has been known for is to make uh, adjustments at halftime, and then you look at the Bengals game and we completely collapsed. Um, and the, the ball started bouncing the other way, and, you know, the, the bounce off the helmet to a guy's hand for a pick six and things like that. We just aren't, we, we're not good enough. And then with the injuries and uh, piled on top of it and then the disciplinary things and uh, the fundamentals just aren't happening. A lot of drop balls from guys that shouldn't um, missed blocks, missed assignments, missed tackles, things like that. Over pursuing guys like McMillan, just not showing up. Uh, yet, like we've been hoping, Baker's actually outplaying him all this season, I would say. And then our defense is just um, at home when we had the advantage of the Heat. Uh, the Detroit Lions, what, I think they were a 2-3 and three team at the time, completely came in and took our lunch money. It was just embarrassing at home to play that kind of defense uh, where it's non-existent. And guys like Cam Wake uh, haven't shown up all year. Now, look, the Detroit Lions have a lot of talent, so that's that's one thing that uh, uh, that we do need to point out is that that offensively, in particular, but also on defense, that team has a lot of talent. They've had some bad breaks this season. Um, they're they're a much better team than the, what their record actually indicates. So, <clears throat> it's not necessarily an embarrassment to lose to the Detroit Lions. However, what I'm pointing out is that the Detroit Lions were already losing team this year, and uh, they're almost the exact opposite of us. You look at their stats, and they're doing everything right. They're just not getting the wins at the end we're doing seemingly everything wrong and being rewarded for it so I don't think that's sustainable and that's where you know I start looking at some of these other things that are going on around us and uh, you know the, the lack of discipline on you know holding penalties or or you know defensive pass interference or getting into fights and and and, and talking shit on the sidelines and getting you know yelled at by Darren Rizzi whatever the case may be plus all the stuff that's happening off the field as I alluded to and I start kind of scratching my head and go you know what 
Adam Gase probably needs to learn how to manage this team off the field in order for it to have success on the field. And maybe it points to him stripping himself of play calling duties, uh, which he is just going to refuse to do. Um, or, or is he going to sacrifice somebody like a Ryan Tannehill who may need to be sacrificed uh, in order to self-preserve and say, you know what, in order for me to be here longer than this season, if the bottom does fall out, um, I'm going to have to sacrifice a Ryan Tannehill and, and start over with something else or someone else and, and see if it works that way. Um, but I'm starting to see... I'm starting to see things that make me make me point towards Adam Gase and go, all right, you have to learn. You have to change your way of going about this because what you're doing isn't working, at least not um, in a sustainable fashion. Um, well, and Sam, to your point, too, and I said this on Twitter on Sunday during the game and the uh, the, the tough loss there against the Lions. We've all worked at jobs where we've had managers um, – that do things where at first a couple of times you're like they're setting the tone, they're um, show, putting their their management style in place, uh, but then you start noticing trends. And one thing the players are starting to notice, I feel, and I want to see if you agree with this. Um, a couple of guys have some bad games. He's he's been known now notoriously for the last few years. He's been our head coach to cut them. He cuts Dallas Thomas and Billy Turner at that time. Fair. And when we turn it around, 2016, here we go. We, we went on that stretch run there, and we get to the playoffs. But then all of a sudden, you know, Landry's gone. Sue's gone. Uh, these guys that, yeah, maybe weren't leaders in the locker room, but they are well-liked. You see guys like Kenny and Drake and uh, Kenny Stills liking his posts on Instagram and things like that still. They're, mm-hmm. they're a close unit. But then you flip it around, and we're consistently in the bottom of the league in the offense. Um, is Gaze holding himself accountable? Like, is he – cutting himself from play calling is he um and he might be behind the doors we don't know but publicly uh, at least and these players are going to notice these things is this is a very social media driven world we're in uh, a lot of things are made public and talked about and dissected uh, tooth and nail by media members and things like that um is matt burke being held accountable for no. this defense uh you know giving up play after play when we know they're running the ball they have a lead all we need to do is stop them and we don't, and we give up chunk plays, 80 yards, uh, 10 yards, 12 yards. Uh, I think there was a play on Sunday. It was third and 28 or third and 25, and we gave up a 26-yard pass Yeah, like on the sideline. Like, Is Matt Burke being held accountable? Um, Tankersley loses his job because he plays bad. Guys are getting cut. Uh, Jordan Phillips is getting cut, and he's just talking shit on, on, on Twitter, and he joins the Bills. Um, is he holding his staff and himself accountable because the longer you go on with this and you start making examples of players that make bad plays or don't do their job, they're going to start saying, Hey coach, point the finger at yourself. You haven't been top 10 in the league in offense since you've been here. Um, Ryan Tannehill now in year three and a whole year to dissect your offense and soak it all in looked no better than 2016. In fact, possibly looked worse. Um, so where's this QB whisperer stuff you're known for? The only thing place you had success is when you had Peyton Manning as your quarterback. So there's a lot of question marks now over Adam Gase from his own players. You see Devontae Parker's agent come out yeah. and say he's incompetent. Yeah. And th- that's not just a fan. Like on Sunday, we're drinking and we're losing and we're mad. 
that's an agent, a sports agent for a player actively on that roster. Sam, you're right. There's a lot of things happening right now, and it's not looking good for the staff of the Miami Dolphins. No, and, and winning is the best deodorant, right? If they come out and beat the Houston Texans on Thursday night, then uh, I think a lot of this goes away, and we're all you know slapping hands and enjoying ourselves because they got five wins over three losses. But you know, I, I think that's going to be a tall order, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here on the second half of the show. But uh, speaking of Matt Burke, speaking of the defense, um, and, and kind of to our point about if we don't have turnovers, we don't have anything. The Miami Dolphins have 11 sacks on the year total on defense. They've played seven games. That means they're getting about one and a half sacks per game. Uh, but to put that in, into perspective, I believe the Baltimore Ravens have 27 sacks on the, on the season. So they're getting about four a game. We're getting about one and a half. And you know what? I, I was surprised that we're even getting that much because I can't even remember the last time somebody had an actual sack in a football game for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, they have to get more pressure. They, they have to get stops on third and you know five third and 10, you know, in some cases they're doing that with Rashad Jones and Mika Fitzpatrick, but look at the people that I'm just naming. It's not your linebackers. It's not your defensive line. It's, it's the last line of defense literally coming up mm. and making a play, which is what they're paid to do. Um, but we're also giving up third and 20 and we're giving up, you know, second and 15 and, and stuff like that. So it, it's got to get better on defense, on offense. There's so many injuries going on. I really don't know what you can do at this point, um, but they're not good enough to absorb any more hits. Um, they don't have the playmakers anymore with Albert Wilson going out um, and and some other people not there, um, either mentally or physically, to, to actually get the ball down the field quickly, I fear. So I, I have a feeling that you're going to see this offense get scaled way back. I have a feeling you're going to see a lot more Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake going forward, especially if Ryan Tannehill is out and, uh, for even longer than these three games. Um, so all I'm really saying here, Chris, is that uh, from the ultimate pessimist, I'm looking at this and, and saying, everyone, yes, we're 4-3, and three, we're in the thick of it, but buckle up because this uh, this might get bumpy here before too long. Uh, I'd like to know your guys' thoughts on it. You guys can find us on Twitter at Perfectville Pod. You can find us on Instagram, Perfectville Podcast. You can find us at welcometoperfectville.com where you can find our entire library of podcasts on that website. You can also email us, perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to take a break here for the second half or before the second half, pay some bills, and then when we come back, we will go to the loser of the coin tosses Ooh. topic, Mr. Christopher Cullen. What's up, citizens of Perfectville? It is Sam, here to talk about Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectville.com. It's time to do all that back-to-school shopping. It's time to get the cool new jerseys for the football season. Time to do all of that fun stuff. But why do it at a store? You're going to have yelling kids everywhere. You're going to have smelly people in front of you, gross people behind you, checkers who don't care whether you live or die. That's right. They don't care if you live or die. Why deal with the human condition when you can do all of that shopping and more at Amazon.com by going to WelcomeToPerfectBuild.com? Yeah, that's all you got to do. Just click on the Amazon.com banner when you go to our website, and it'll take you directly to Amazon.com where you can do all of your regular shopping. No hidden fees, no extra charges, but since you went to Amazon.com by clicking the link on our website first, it helps your favorite podcast continue to go. So there is no downside, ladies and gentlemen. Just click the link at WelcomeToPerfectBuild.com to go to Amazon.com and do all of your shopping. All of it. Literally all of it. Food, clothes, utensils, zombie apocalypse, bug out bag, any of it. All of it. Amazon.com. WelcomeToPerfectBuild.com. 
seriously, I don't even know why you're still listening to this commercial. Go to welcometoperfectbuild.com, click on the Amazon.com link, do all of your shopping, no hidden fees, no extra charges, and when you're done with that, come back and listen to the second half of Perfect Bill, which is happening right now. And we are back, the second half of Perfectville. Thank you to all the citizens, as always, for hanging in there with us. I am Sam. He is Chris. Chris, it is your time to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. You are receiving the second half kickoff here in Perfectville. What's on your mind? Well, Sam, it's going to be obvious for me. It's Wednesday night. We have a game tomorrow, our only national TV game of the season. We play at the Houston Texans. Road, Thursday night, teams rarely have success we have tons of injuries like we alluded to uh sam let's dissect a little bit this game what are your thoughts what do you think is going to happen and do you think we even have a fucking chance here we're losing that's the end of the show everyone enjoy the game <laughs> Later. Um, no Again. yeah yeah it's uh it doesn't look good i mean road dogs as we're going to be and should be in this game um uh, first of all let's back up let's take the thursday night equation out of this we're playing the houston texans Everyone knows, unless Dan Campbell, Kool-Aid Dan, is coaching the Miami Dolphins, we don't beat the Houston Texans. We don't do it in preseason. We damn sure don't do it in regular season. Um, this doesn't look good for the Miami Dolphins. You, you throw in the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a road game. Um, it's on Thursday night. It's not at 1 o'clock start like they are uh, notoriously good at. It's a primetime game, which they've been able to choke away all of that fanfare over the last couple of years. They're going to be underdogs on the road against the Houston Texans. This is a team that we don't beat. Everything is telling me that this is a game that the Miami Dolphins uh, should put a big fat L next to and maybe not even show up. I mean, it might be better for them to just forfeit this game because if they show up, they risk the chance of more people getting injured. Yeah, I had this as an L before the season even started. Like you said, for all those reasons, Thursday night road game, um, the Houston Texans, who just always have our number, even if it's a close game, we've only beat once, and it was a absolute fucking shell shock with Dan Campbell taking over those two games, the, the Houston and Tennessee game, where we just looked like a million bucks. Um, but yeah, this this just isn't looking good at all. Kenny Stills isn't playing. We moved up Leonte Carew. There's a heavy dose of Jakeem Grant and possibly Devontae Parker, which is just hilarious to me after the uh, four days ago, his agent is just like just trashing the Dolphins. And Devontae, credit to him, came out and said he doesn't agree with what his agent says. He doesn't speak for me. Actually, he disagrees with it. He's cool with Gase. He came in and talked with him the next day afterwards and uh, continues paying him for his services, however. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a weird game. Brock Osweiler revenge games is how, how they're going to play it on national TV. However, I doubt he's going to do too well i mean you've got Clowney and jj watt rushing at you with uh, just like duct tape and bubblegum sticks um as an offensive line so brock's gonna have to get rid of the ball quickly um heavy dose of running like you said and hope some random guy steps up that like you know gasecki or Smythe or, or derby or i'm sorry or um o'leary uh that you don't expect to have a big game but this is this is begging for me to go to bed early tomorrow and just turn it off because it's embarrassing yeah the only way the miami dolphins win this game is if they are able to get a pick six or some sort of fumble recovery what puts them in the red zone where they can capitalize once if not twice or if you get a special team spark from somebody like jakeem grant returning a punt or a kick return um the only thing uh, about Houston 
Houston that I can see as a weakness is that they can't stop the run and we can't stop the run. So, uh, well, to a degree we can. So I, I think we, we, unfortunately we want to see Deshaun Watson throwing the ball, which is a scary proposition. Um, and we need to be able to turn around and hand the ball off to Frank Gore, Kenyon Drake. And quite frankly, I think we need to have more than those two running backs out there. Cause those two have been just trying their best, but Frank Gore's an old man. I know he doesn't look it on the field, but that guy gets beat up. I saw it in person in Chicago. Kenyon Drake, uh, can only take so much punishment. We're going to need a third running back, a third option to be able to turn around and hand that ball off to and see if they can get positive yardage. But I think in order for us to have this game be a victory, it's got to be a low-scoring game, and it has to be a ball-control style thing. We can't have Brock you know, Brock Osweiler out there throwing three interceptions and two touchdowns. It's just not going to work. We need him to do you know, uh, sustained drives, which they haven't really shown that they can do. Uh, but if anybody can do it, it's, they're going to have to design quick passes that get the ball out early, like you said, a shotgun formation, you know, get that ball out in three seconds or less or else he's going to be on the floor. Um, that's the only way they're going to be able to move this ball. And people are going to have to catch the freaking ball. I, I don't care. There's going to be no excuses. You have to grab that ball, tuck it in and turn around and get upfield and get whatever yardage you can and hang on to it because we can't afford any mistakes against the Houston Texans team. That's also four and three and also looking uh, to get to the playoffs. So it's not like they're already out of this or anything like that. But you're right. J.J. White, uh, J.J. Watt, J.J. freaking clowny i can't even say their names i'm, I'm so scared of them um th- this could be a bad showing on prime time and uh, uh lead to a lot of ridicule for doll fans and citizens everywhere come friday morning yeah i'm calling it right now lamar miller's gonna absolutely push our shit in uh. um because after that running performance by uh the lions running back that was just embarrassing i just didn't see anything there no fight from the defensive tackles uh horrible filling and scraping by mcmillan a couple of times alonzo filled and he he wasn't there. He was just way late getting there, reacting, and the speed of the running back for the Lions just just beat us to death. I think they had like hundred. He had like 158 yards rushing himself, 200 plus as a team. Uh, Lamar Miller is chomping at the bit right now on a short week against a just beat down defense, um, and of course a former team uh, Miami guy himself. We let him walk. Um, yeah, it's just uh, I just and then a running quarterback, Sam. Like we just never had success against Terod Taylor ever when he was in Buffalo. So this is just all the makings of an absolute shit fest. But guess who will be watching? You and me, my friend. Of course, we are. Uh, we are sycophants. We uh, we love this, even if uh, even if it means we're going to feel bad afterwards. But I see this game going the way of the Houston Texans. I think they win twenty four to ten. Yeah, I've got Houston winning. Um, 27 to 27 to six. Okay. Did, you, did you just throw a dart for the Dolphins number right there? <laughs> I feel like you did. You're like ah, 27, thump, six. It landed on a six. We're going with six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we both see this as a loss. I, I think, you know, last year, last week was the first time I picked uh, wrongly for the Miami Dolphins, which actually leads me to um, the Dolphail of the week. And yeah, yeah, we, have, we haven't done this in a while. And usually it's a historical one, but this one, I'm looking at the stats for this season, Chris, and uh, we can look at total yards per you know game given up on defense or turnovers or you know points in the red zone. All of those are, are decent indicators as to what your team is doing on the season. But sure. I found a stat here that no one else has um, that I'm going to reveal here right now, which is the indicator whether the Miami Dolphins will win or lose week in and week out. The Miami Dolphins are four and three. The four wins that they've had, I. Sam Marcoux have not watched that game at my house. 
So week week one, I went to a watch party with the NorCal Doll fans. Uh, we won that game. Week two, I went to a sports bar with my girlfriend. We won that game. Week three, I watched the first half of that game against the Raiders at home. We were losing. I left to go to my kids' birthday friends' birthday party. They came back in the second half and won while I watched it on my phone in the corner like an idiot at this party. <laughs> uh, week four, I watched at home against the Patriots. We got slapped across the face. Week five, I came home and watched the second half of that game against the Bengals at home, and we lose. Week six, I'm at the game against the Chicago Bears. We win in dramatic fashion in overtime. Week seven, where do you think I watched that Lions game, Chris? I'm going to guess you watched it in your fucking house. I watched it on my fucking couch in my fucking living room, and we fucking lost. So uh, the three losses are not. Adam Gase's fault. They're not Ryan Tannehill's fault. They're not anybody else's fault but my own. And I realize this now, and I owe everyone an apology because I am watching this game on Thursday night from the comforts of my home. <laughs> so well, if, they, if they lose again, I think we're going to uh, we're going to start seeing some people email us here with some angry mob mentality, Chris. I'm going to start a GoFundMe to buy you a new house so you can fucking move. <laughs> Like the poltergeist, he might be on Indian burial ground. Yeah, maybe there's a dead dolphin underneath the uh, foundation here <laughs> that's causing us issues. I'm not sure, but I'm not very superstitious. But I realized that I was looking at this the other day, and I'm going, "Oh my god, this might be my fault. This this might be my fault." Thanks, Sam. That's why no. you're not a two-time Hall of Famer. Uh, this is why I get it now. This is why you're in the Hall of Fame twice, and I am not in there at all. I can't even get a ticket to look at the the, the two busts that hold your name in there. Uh, but that is the Dolph Fail of the Week, and it's uh, it's yours truly, Mr. Sam Marcoux, bringing the bad juju to the Miami Dolphins. Well, if anything, the rest of the AFC East is going to put your house into the AFC East Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, they'll, uh, there's just going to be a picture of my house here in Northern California <laughs> hanging in, uh, in, uh, Buffalo, Orchard Park, New York, and, uh, and, uh, New York here for the Jets, as well as, uh, Boston area for the, uh, New England chatterheads over there. But, uh, Chris, uh, anything else you'd like to talk about here for the Miami Dolphins before we go to Houston and play this, uh, what might be an abortion of a game here? <laughs> no, man, and good luck to your Dodgers in the World Series tonight. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to have to watch this one at home, too, which, uh, as we just found out, is not good news for me. But uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And for anybody that's going to give me shit about the Dodgers losing to the Red Sox, your team didn't make it to the World Series two years in a row, so shut up about it. Um, anyway, uh, with that being said, this is Perfectville, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcoux. He is Chris Cullen. Goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.